Doing hard things isn't always physical. Doing hard things is when that motherfucker flips you off in traffic and you pull up to the stoplight together and you're gripping that fucking steering wheel like, come on, motherfucker, do something. I'll bite your fucking head off. Doing hard things is letting that go. I'll never forget, but I had to forgive. I had to forgive my real father. I had to forgive my stepfather. I had to forgive everything. All that shit you fucking went through, all that trauma, all that pain, you have to extinguish that shit or you're going to pass it on. I love myself so much that I can love my family to the highest level. If you don't look in the mirror and you don't love yourself, you're not loving your family to that extent. The 2 a.m. man. The 2 one thirty. only. 2.30. 2.30. Okay. It used to be when we first met, it was it was 2 a.m. and they changed my hours at work. So I got a little I got a little extra time added to it. Yeah. But, you're yeah. 2.30 a.m. every day. Waking up at 2.30 every day. This man's dialed in. Nick, pleasure having you in town. Pleasure hosting you. You're good people, man. It was great to chat with you last night at dinner, get to know your story even more. And uh, yeah, man, I just, you're hearing your story. I don't even know if it's going to really come through even in this show, mm-hmm. which is totally fine. That's what I was telling you. That's why I love the show, man, because not necessarily what you record on the podcast here, but the stories I get to hear and learn about guests before the show, after the show, staying connected with them. And I just think that you've gone through a lot, man. Like you're what, 28 years old? 28 now, yeah. You're an electrician. So you're mm-hmm. working a full-time job, busting your ass. Uh, you live out in Colorado Springs. You're from Iowa. I thought you were Italian because you got a Jersey Shore <laughs> look. You got the Jersey Shore look. But, uh, that's uh, not the first time I've got that. But dude, I think you just got to, you know, wisdom is earned, right? And usually really? in wisdom, it's usually earned through adversity, and you've gone through a lot of adversity, but you're just high energy. I think you've got a lot to share in your story uh, that can resonate with a lot of people that are broken, that mm. are struggling, especially men. And you've uh, you've had to show up for a lot of people, but you've shown up for a lot of people because you've shown up for yourself. So again, I'm excited to have you on, bro. I'm excited for you to share your story and share some things that I'm pretty confident and you even told me this that you haven't shared maybe with anyone. Oh yeah. So no, I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me here, man. It's really um, it's a blessing because not one day, you know, did I ever think I'd be doing something like this, meeting with somebody like you, um, having the opportunity to even express a story like this. It, it really is a blessing. So I appreciate that. Hey, Amen. I uh, thanks for the. I don't really know how to take that because I'm just Tyler Bosetti <laughs> just being gotta me, take bro. It, brother. You just yeah, gotta take I'm it. Just, just trying to have fun, but oh yeah. Well, dude, let's. Um, so you're an electrician. Yep. You are helping people transform their lives through living a healthier lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. You're people's personal trainer. You're an accountability coach. You're their, to an extent, mental health coach, right? A lot of people are coming to you to lose weight, but in reality, you're helping them get out of their own way. Oh yeah, and I like how you said that. Yeah. And you're, you're, cause you've gone through a lot. Mm-hmm. So when people come to you in all walks of life, whether it's a construction worker, whether it's a woman, you've, you've been through all walks of life and you're a former, I forgot about this. You're a former golden glove boxer. So you can whoop <laughs> some ass as well. I, I kind of, I'm getting a little heavy on the feet now. There's some, especially when I moved to Colorado. I mean, that is like the Mecca of amateur boxing out there. And oh, really? I, yeah. I mean, um, all the Olympians go out there, uh, oh, you know, yeah. the gym that I go to, man, it was really a humbling experience. I remember I was sparring this, this Olympian. He's a homie of mine. Um, he's a pro boxer now and, uh, he rocked my shit, you know? And the thing about me is, um, 
like I probably get hit way more than I fucking should, but I'll keep coming. Right. Like that was something that was instilled in me as a kid and, uh, you know, definitely get rocked. I'm like, fuck, probably should have ducked that one. Um, but he rocked my shit and I came home with a huge black eye and my wife, she was like, <laughs> she's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, she's like, I thought you said you knew how to fight. And I'm like, I, I do, but <laughs> there's levels to this shit, you know, like coming from Southeast Iowa, you know, you train, there's boxing is not real big there. And so you train with a lot of MMA fighters and stuff like that. And there's some, some talent that's came out of there as well, but it's a wrestling state. I never wrestled, you know, um, my, my stepfather bought me my first pair of boxing gloves when I was in like middle school, um, you know, to teach me how to fight or whatever. And it, it, eventually led to more of a disciplinary act. But, um, you know, boxing was just like, I loved it. I really did. And uh, going out to somewhere like Colorado, you realize like, fuck, these guys have been doing this shit since they were four or five years old. I didn't start that till I was like, you know, taking it seriously till I was like 19 or 20, you know, and then getting in the ring with some of these guys. You can hold your own for a little bit, but it just shows like, yeah, that, 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 that strength, that will will only take you so far. Skill definitely comes into play. Um, so I come home with this black eye. I'm like, yeah, I, I say I could, you know, full confidence. I, yeah, I could hold my own, but damn, there's levels to this shit for sure. So. Well, you said that your stepdad bought you your first set of boxing gloves and it was more of a disciplinary act. And I think mm-hmm. that as you've shared more of your story with me off camera, it's your life has been a fight. You've had a mm-hmm. fight for everything that you've had. And, uh, and so what do you mean? Like you're, it was a disciplinary act. Was it like, keep you disciplined to keep you out of trouble? Nah. Or what was the, what's, what's like the story behind? I mean, so going back life, life was fucking rough from the beginning. I was just a small ass kid, you know, um, everybody was a foot, a foot and a half taller than me my whole life. Um, I told you, you know, my freshman year of high school, I was 94 pounds, uh, going into going into high school, I wasn't even five foot tall. So you can imagine just being that small of a person, what kind of adversity is going to come with that, you know? Especially from Iowa. That's some corn fucking, fed. I don't even like to tell people that Big shit. boys. They're like, what'd you do there? I'm like, fucking get in trouble. <laughs> you know, like, it's just fucking, I tell people that and they're like, Iowa. And I'm like, nah, I don't even say it like that. What the fuck? <laughs> you know, it's just, it, there's a diverse background that comes from there. But um, it's just, you know, it, there's boring. It's boring there. You know, and so, but that's where I was born. That's where I grew up. Um, you know, I've been out in Colorado now for going on three years, I'd say. Um, and I love it. The best thing I ever did was move away. Mm-hmm. But back to the boxing thing, um, you know, my my real father, he went to prison when I was in third or fourth grade for um, conspiracy to manufacture and distribute dope. And he got caught like twice and some shit. And the story, he's, he's now told me the full story, but I still don't fully understand it. Not that I really want to. Um, but we're, we're like, I'm at ease with it now. Uh, but he, he went to prison when I was that young and he just got out just over a year ago. I mean, he did federal prison my entire life. And I remember riding around with him after him and my mom split up and they were operating out of this house that there was some shit that I shouldn't have fucking been around at that young of an age. Long story short, there was a woman that I had seen met countless times. I couldn't tell you her name or anything, but she must've been all tweaked out and um, fucking ended up blowing her brains out inside that house. And so one of the guys ran out and was like, somebody call the police. And the neighbors called and the Burlington police showed up and they were like, oh fuck, they seen the operation. They had kilos of fucking meth in this house. And they're like, this isn't a state matter. This is a fed matter. From the way I understand it, everybody that got pinned, ratted, 
and my real father didn't and they got out they got off easy and he got fucking just almost 20 years and so he he went away and so that hurt just from the start my stepfather was in the picture and i didn't fucking like him at first you know and so you know we started living together and all that it was just rough he was never a father he was like a big bully brother and you know at he i wasn't his kid and so it's all perspective based, right? Like you, when you have a kid, the love you have for that kid can be fucking endless. But when it's not your kid, you're like, yeah, you know, I'll take care of him or whatever, but it's, it's not fully there. And so he was, he was mean, you know, but he took on three kids that weren't his. And so, you know, not saying that's an excuse. You're a grown ass man. You can make a decision on your own. Um, but you know, as we got older and shit, uh, you know, he, he did good things like, but it was out of, it was the wrong way. Like, teach me how to catch a baseball. I'm going to fucking throw that shit at me. And you're going to catch this and I'm going to throw it harder. It was just like, he was learning and I was learning, but it was the wrong fucking way. You know, he didn't know how to raise a kid. So that led to the boxing. Uh, you know, he bought me a pair of boxing gloves and we'd fuck around with it and shit. But then if, if I did something wrong, slipped up on my chores, you know, yelled at my mom, no matter what it was, go put the gloves on. This is a grown ass man, you know, I'm a fucking kid. And so he, you know, he put the works on me, get up. That's where all this started. Get up. So I get back up. That's what I truly believe. That's where my heart, like, I'm not the biggest. I'm not the strongest. I'm not the best fighter, but I'll fucking keep coming. Right. Like get up, you know, and that, that stemmed outside of boxing into baseball. He's like, you need to fucking hit that ball and run the first base. Like Michael Myers is chasing you or some shit. <laughs> and it was literally to make him like happy. Almost all I wanted to do was make him happy. And he understands that now. Um, but it was out of fear almost too. Like I better fucking make the first base. Or I'm going <laughs> to be in fucking trouble, you know, which, so the boxing thing just, it became disciplinary, you know, that's just what he put on me. Well, that makes sense, bro. Cause you're like, you're saying get up and that's been a piece of your life. You fucking wake up at two 30 in the morning. So you have time for yourself so you can hit the gym mm -hmm. so you can take care of your clients. And then you work a full day out in the field mm -hmm. in construction. And for those that have never done that, that's why I have a podcast. Cause I did construction one summer and said, yeah, fuck that shit. I'm <laughs> typing on a computer. I'm making content. I ain't doing construction. That's a different, that's a whole different lifestyle. So I got just much, much, much respect, bro. Like this is why I love having people like you on the show. It gives me a different perspective. Uh, it just, it's just, this is what it's all about, man. Like, this is what it's all freaking about. And one thing you said as well that I love is, like, you could easily, you know, fuck my stepdad. You know, he beat my ass when I was a kid and all these things. But, dude, he was learning at the same time mm -hmm. as well. Yep. And there were some things that he did well. So, I ain't going to forget that. Right. Never you're not going to. You're not going to forget. My memory is immaculate. Like, I, you, you can do... 10 good things to somebody and you can do one bad thing. They'll remember that bad thing and wash out those 10 good things. But you mm -hmm. forgave them. Right. And I think that's the next level of like emotional intelligence mm -hmm. and self-awareness and the difference of being like a boy versus a man is, Oh, I'm not going to forget. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I can whoop your ass now. <laughs> I mean, the forgiving that, what? that came years down the road. It was, it was fucking rough, man. I mean, Home life sucked. School life sucked. It was just hard. You know, I, I ran away. Um, I wrote him a shitty letter. You know, I was like trying to cuss him. I don't even spell words right. Uh, you know, it was <laughs> it was just I fucking hated life. I really did. You know, I was just I, you, you it can you can put on the image of trying to be tough, but it, it, I was emotional. 
You know what I'm saying? I was an emotional kid. I wear my heart on my sleeves. And I still do to this day. I don't give a fuck about tats and, you know, muscle and all that shit. I have no problem expressing my emotion. I can be very emotional sometimes. And that's like the greatest feeling is releasing that. Because for so long, I try to hide it. I try to keep it in. And that just led down to more problems. How did you keep it in? Were you like angry? Were you like yes. punching the walls in your bedroom? <laughs> no, uh, I punched the wall one time. My mom set that straight. You ain't going to be yeah. punching shit in my house. <laughs> but yeah, I mean like. But how, how, because I think there's a lot of people out there that there's no emotion, this and that. And, and I actually did, I think I just posted this the other yeah. day where it's like no emotion in business, no emotion in investing, this and that. But like, no, that's the beauty of humans is like, we are emotional. It's just how you control it and where that emotional state is. And just knowing who you are and getting to know you over the last, you know, really six, seven months or so, but really in the last 24 hours, to be <laughs> honest, uh, you had mentioned like you were just a very angry kid. Yeah, I was mad you, at the world you were mad at the world, you were mad at your situation, you were mad at your circumstance and that reflected in your lifestyle, right? Mm. Like you started getting in and doing bad things. Yeah, I mean, fuck, we can dive right into it really. You know, just really, I was mad at the world. You know, my real father, I was like, what the fuck, dude? And my stepdad put a lot of shit in my head over the years too about him, which that wasn't his place, but it's 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 too easy to do that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like your dad cheated on your mom and this and that. Like, what the fuck? This dude's a piece of shit. I really felt like when when my mom and dad split up and my stepdad came to the picture, I didn't want to live with them. I wanted to go live with my real dad. My mom would drop me off. And a week later, she'd come pick me up. I'd be wearing the same exact clothes. She's like, did you even fucking eat? I'm like, oh yeah, we had tons of cereal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like at the time, I just wanted to be with my dad. And when he left, I was crushed. I'm like, you were my father, man. Like I needed you. And he never, like, we're cool now. We'll get to that. But he didn't teach me shit. He, well, he taught me what not to do. That's the way I look at yeah. it, you know? Like, he he set the guideline on how not to be. But, um, you know, at the time, like, I understood he was probably very depressed. My mom and him split. But as as a grown man, you have a responsibility. I was your son. I am you know, still am. But uh, you let me down. So that, that, that brings a lot of pain into, and that's more common these days as well with kids, you know? Um, but I felt like at the time it was very... There was only a select few kids at school and all that, that their mom and dad split up. And so it kind of separates you from the rest. Mm -hmm. But, um, and one thing too, when it comes to parenting that I've reflected on, and then you kind of get like shame and guilt as a, as a kid is, well, if your parents are around you and hovering over you and they love you so much and they're like at every single game, every single event, you're like, man, get out of my business, <laughs> you know? But then if they're not there for certain moments and whatnot, because yeah. they got to work or they have responsibilities and they're just a human too, like, oh, you never loved me. You never provided me with this. So mm -hmm. it, it's funny. It's like being, uh, whether you're Poppy and an amazing dog uh, or you're a parent, it's like unconditional love. Yeah. And you got to do it because you're loving your kid. And I don't even have kids. I don't know why the fuck I'm giving this type of uh, feedback or advice or whatever you want to call it. But it makes sense as you reflect, you're like, oh man, the parents are just trying to the best of their ability. Not all of them, not all of them, right? But most of them are. Because again, if they're like in your business, they're hovering. They're not there. Man, my parents didn't do shit for me, right? So yeah. it's, a, it's a unique balance if you reflect back on it uh, in your circumstance. But anyways, not to interrupt your story. Like, so, you, so, you know, you're, you're getting your ass beat from the boxing gloves. You're, you're going, uh, you're just an angry kid. You got siblings. Your mom's remarrying. You're, you're chaos, man. Mm -hmm. It's just chaos. And you're, you're just 
figured literally, literally and figuratively, life is just beating you up. Yeah. I mean, like I said, home life sucked, school life sucked. Um, so really just diving in, you know, there was a time when my stepfather had no job and my mom was working two jobs. And this is the first time I've ever really told this story. So it might come out a little, little rocky or whatever, but I mean, that's the whole point here is to be vulnerable and, you know, those people that resonate, there is other people. There's people that out there that have a worse, way worse fucking story than I do, but it's a matter of, um, going through it and healing from it, right? Just moving forward with it. So my mom had two jobs. My stepfather had none. And, uh, you know, things were just rough. Like we weren't, we were fucking had no money to be honest with you. Um, but they still took care of us in the best way they could. But I mean, I had holes in my shoes and shit, you know, that's just shit going to school. People make funny kids are fucking cruel to one another. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, Oh, didn't you already wear them same pair of jeans? Like twice this week? Like, uh, what the fuck? Now I do that. I don't give a fuck. I'll wear yeah. <laughs> I'll do that shit all the time. But kids are fucking cruel to one another. But long story short, you know, it was just like so militant style growing up. Um, you know, I had chores to do. And if I didn't, you, you knew what the fuck was going to come of it. And, uh, you know, towards like I was like my, my sister is three years older than me, probably. Her senior year of high school, things were fucking getting weird at the house. And long story short, the way I fucking understand it is. My stepfather manipulated his way into performing sexual acts with my sister while my mom was at work and shit. You know what I'm saying? And I kind of suspected it at the time, um, but that got shut down real quick. So, hey, go do your chores. You know, that's just keeping shit busy, which that didn't unravel till years later. It was a big fucking secret. Um, so, you know, growing up and shit, going through graduating high school, uh, I went to college for a year. That was not for me. I ended up welding down at like a case company. It's where my grandfather's worked for like, he's been there for like 47 years or 46 years. I couldn't even tell you, you know, just going through life, man. Nothing was really popping off crazy. Um, but we ended up getting, uh, foreclosed on, on our house. And my parents took, uh, some loans out in my name to get the new house. It's the house they're in now. Which, and you're and you're in high school, right? Or in uh, high school, or I just graduated. I'm pretty sure I'd graduated. Okay, um, I can't remember exactly. Shit gets a little blurry. Yep. <laughs> um, but you know, just going through life, man, figuring it out. And at that time, I was just like fucking 17, 18. I was trying to party. You know what I'm saying? And uh, <laughs> just figuring it out. I I figure out everything later in life. Some of these people, they figure it out the first time. It takes me like three or four times. I'll fuck it up and then get it right. But um. Yeah, man, uh, kind of just going on, like rambling here, but um. So, so your mom, you know, that's that's crazy that you say that. So your mom, your your stepdad's not working. Mm -hmm. Your mom is working two jobs to provide, and it seems like he potentially manipulated the environment and the circumstance and the situation to, all right, my wife is going to go work, mm -hmm. take care of things. I'm gonna quote unquote, take care of the household and get your ass over there and do those chores, Nick. If yeah, I mean, not, it was just to keep me busy. To keep, keep you busy, but then he's manipulating and sexually assaulting your sister. Yeah, and I mean, like, things were weird too because she was like, you know, in on it. Like, I don't fucking know. I don't even like to talk about it. Like I said, this is the first time I've ever told this story. But they say that's, you know, thankfully, well, I was a short fat kid, so no one was going to touch me. They're like, I don't know. We're going to pass on fucking Cartman looking ass over there. <laughs> so, uh, 
I, I uh, it's obviously not a joking matter in terms of one thing that's been fucking wild with the podcast shows, bro. How many people have been sexually assaulted or hearing people? It's story? crazy. It's it's wild. It's, it's, it's so fucking, fucking sad. But people like your sister, it seems like she may not have even known. She was a kid. At the end of the day, her. you're a grown ass man. Yeah, that's high school and you know senior in high school, eighteen, you're whatever. I don't kid, give a fuck. Bro. You're a kid, right? And yeah. that's something that, like I said, you can you can forgive, but I'll never forget. You're a grown ass man, and you know I, I'm not sexist by any means, but men have a certain uphold to keep. Like, what the fuck, dude? You were in full control of that, and he knows that. Like, I've called him out on this shit. We could dive all the way into that, but um, yeah, kid versus adult. So when that came to light, what what happened? Like your mom's working. Uh, she finds out that her husband is sexually abusing her daughter. You're getting physically abused. Yeah. Where's, so, where's your family? Like you have other family around? Like where's the support? Like, like uh, outside family. Yeah. Like what, when, I mean, when this came to light, like what happened in the, in the household? I mean, shit always kind of got like brushed under the rug. You know what I mean? Like when I ran away, I ran to my real father's uh, mom's house, my grandma. And you know, I told her everything. And, you know, that was like, I got shamed for running back to that side of the family, you know, but like I said, I was a kid, man, like kids need fucking support security. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't need you to show me how to fight. I needed a hug. <laughs> you know what I mean? I needed to feel loved. Um, and, and it came out years later, even my, uh, my Gonzalez side of the family, my grandfather found out my grandma, she's like, you better not touch him no more. Like they, they said it straight, but that shit all dies off. You know, it's like people getting motivation to go into the gym. They're fucking, they're good. They're good. They're in a line. And then it dies back off. You always result back to your habits. You know what I'm saying? I'm working on something big. <laughs> right. We're talking about that. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. They're like, oh yeah. If you, if you touch her again, just wait and see. And it's yeah. like, cause the chatter is cute. Mm -hmm. It's cute to talk about it. hundred percent. So people, so you, you tell your family and, and they quote unquote set them straight and be like, Oh. I mean, they they talk. You know, they might have said something. They're like, we'll get all our cousins. Them motherfuckers need to figure out their own life before they worry about somebody else's really. Um, you or, know, Or where have you been this whole time? Yeah, I mean, shit. It was, it was just us. It really was. You know what I mean? So um, that shit died off. But when it all came to light, my sister was dating a police officer at the time. And uh, they, they twisted the story pretty fucking good. Now, like I said, my memory is immaculate. I remember a lot of shit. And uh, when it came to light, when they told me about it, and I was like, I fucking knew it. You know what I'm saying? But um, then I heard the story. Uh, I was like, no, this this ain't this didn't happen. This didn't happen. I'm like, hey, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. Well, that led to conflict between my sister and I. And I get where she was coming from, but I have a strong feeling her ex-boyfriend was, we got to pin him with this, 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 and this. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is gonna this is gonna blow up, and I don't think anybody realized the the level that this was gonna go to. Such as, do you mind sharing detail? Like, can you share, like, uh, like okay, there was a one there was one time she said that um he uh, he had a gun and he was like um like he put it to my head or some shit like that. He never fucking did that, but that was all in the police report. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? They the cops came to my house, questioned me about it, and I'm like, you know, they asked me if he abused me, and in my eyes at the time, like. He didn't fucking abuse me, but I didn't know no different. You know, I went to school with these other guys, but I didn't know what happened at their house. I thought he was just making me fucking unstoppable. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I was like, no, he didn't abuse me. Yeah, he was fucking tough on me, but he made me who I am. And to this day, I am who I am because, you know, because of him. 
But I was because like, no. of circumstances. But I was honestly trying to keep it at home. Like I didn't want this to go. I didn't. I don't fucking need to talk to them. You know what I'm saying? I don't, yeah. I don't need to explain myself to everybody and if it, or to anybody. And if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do it the right fucking way. So that led to conflict. I didn't, my sister cut me off. We didn't talk at all. So then, you know, when that all came out, when the police ended up coming to get him, shit just went fucking south quick. Um, they put it at the front page of the newspaper. It was on the news. They, like, they put my mom's address in the paper and uh, it all fucking hell broke loose. And I didn't know what the fuck to do. You know, I was living on my own. I bought my own house uh, at 21 and I had a girl at the time. We ended up splitting. So I was just like straight party mode. You know, I was still working and shit. But then when all that went down, I went down and, uh, you know, shit started popping off. Right. Uh, my Gonzalez side of the family, they, they told my mom that, like, we're going to come after him. And I was like, what? What the fuck? Nah, you guys ain't going to do shit. I'm like, that's my little brother's dad's. They, they don't. That's my little brother's dad. They don't know no fucking different. What's going on? Let me handle this. And they're like, fuck it. We'll come after you, too. They start running their mouth and shit. Now, at this time, dude, I was doing so much fucking cocaine. I was drinking every weekend because I was hurt. Like I was fucking trying to numb the pain and I was fucking like on a mission. Like you motherfuckers, you ain't going to do shit. And they're like, we're coming after you too. So I fucking loaded up every gun I had. I laid them out and I, here's my fucking address. Come fucking do what you're going to do, bitch. They wouldn't fucking do nothing. Like I, like I did not give a fuck where we had no power in my house for months at a time. When I was a kid, I was taking cold showers, lighting every fucking candle we had putting it in the dining room. And well, I was telling you about that. The, all the movies, you see them walking down the hallway, with one candle. That shit's such a fucking lie, dude. We had like 37 candles on the table. It didn't light up shit. You're like, fuck your cold punch, pussy. I've been <laughs> doing that since fucking six years old. I was old. doing this shit when I was a kid. But um, yeah, you motherfuckers weren't helping out then, yeah. you know? And that just led to a lot of fucking, I, I still don't talk to them. You know, just because your family doesn't mean I have to fucking like you. This is my family. Like you guys weren't fucking there when we needed help, but now you want to beat, fuck you. You know what I'm saying? You weren't going to help us out. Now you want to try to play superhero. You, you probably six months behind on your mortgage, dog. Don't worry about what the fuck we got going on, you know? And so some people don't agree with that, but I was like, I'm going to take care of this. And I did. I fucking called them out. You know, I didn't talk to them. I didn't, I didn't talk to my family for over a year. My brothers, my sister, it was just me fucking wilding out. And uh, I called them out, you know, and I'm like, let's go in the front yard. I'm going to show you what the fuck you created. And he wouldn't do it because he knew. You know what the fuck he did was wrong. And, you know, when the police ended up coming to get him, it was devastating. Uh, you know, my mom was just a wreck. She didn't know what the fuck was going to go down. A week later, my youngest brother was born uh, with Down syndrome. And that's Isaiah. That's my homie, man. Um, but he was expected to die. Like, mm. as soon as I was the only one there with my mom at the hospital, as soon as he was born, they took him from us. They sent him to the University of Iowa, the Children's Hospital, where they do the wave, the mm -hmm. Hawkeye wave or whatever. That's where he was. And, um, you know, we were back and forth from Burlington to Iowa City. How like, far is that drive? Hour, hour and a half. Okay. Um, but things were bad, dude. Uh, it was just me and my mom. She had no money. I was still working, but I was spending all my money partying, doing drugs and fucking drinking, you know, eating like shit. And Because uh, you go from a five-foot... 100 pounds soaking wet kid in high school, getting your ass beat. Your sister gets sexually abused. Your mom's working all the time. And uh, now your stepdad is in prison. Your real dad, you haven't seen ever. He's yeah, been in prison. To him at all. Your mom just had a, a sibling of yours that has Down syndrome. You're trying to help her by driving her to and from the hospital to keep 
the, the kid alive, you're making money, but you're blowing all of it up your nose. Mm-hmm. You're chasing women because you didn't get laid at all. Cause you're just a little boy, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. uh, but you're just overcompensating for all these holes in your life. Yes. hundred percent. At that time, all I wanted to do was get drunk, get high and fuck women. That was like all I wanted to do. And all that was compensating. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but it was, it was fucking, dude, it was such a low point um, because I'm going up there, you know, he's got a different surgery every other week. And, uh, you know, he's just like, he's a fucking soldier, man. He's the happiest mm. kid. I love him, man. Uh, you know, I walk in the room and he's like, hi, Nick. You know, that's my little oh, buddy. But, man. you know, the scariest moment, I was holding him and, you know, just, just kind of rocking him. I was like, mom, something's wrong. She came over and she's like, oh my God, he's not breathing. It was the scariest moment ever. Like my brother stopped breathing in my arms and you know, they had, they had to rush him back to the hospital. Like I just seen him through all these different phases and it was just hard. And then the cars were breaking down. We're driving my stepfather's truck up there. And I remember I had, I had just bought these new pair of Jordans. I was so happy about, right. And, uh, the, the car was broke down. I had a piece of shit truck and we're driving my stepfather's truck and we're on the way back to Burlington from Iowa city. And the truck is like, fucking up on us on the highway and it's snowing like like a motherfucker out there and we're like my mom's like looks at me like what do we do and so i'm out on the highway at night in the middle of the snowstorm pushing the truck trying to figure out what the fuck's i'm laying under there trying to figure out what's going on in the jordans in the jordans just fucking my shit Which, up by man. the way zoom in on them look, look <laughs> i'd, I'd rock them for you you gotta right put now. them yeah. up man my wife actually got me these my favorite pair of shoes man. let's go uh but you know, I was like, you're out there fucking pushing the truck in the fucking fucking suck, dude. Yeah. Like I was so fucking mad. I was so mad, but I, I was, I wanted to cry. You know, I'm like, this ain't fucking fair. This ain't what other kid goes through this shit. You know, whether I was a young adult or whatever, nobody's fucking, nobody I know is going through this shit. This isn't fair. It wasn't, I didn't have to go through that shit. I shouldn't have had to go through that shit, but it wasn't about me. Like I had, I had to help my mom. We were putting our shit together and you know, trying to make ends meet and all this shit. But, um, you know, that eventually led to, you know, more cocaine use, more drinking, which eventually led me to uh, OWI, um, which is operating while intoxicated. Uh, I had gotten a fight in Iowa City partying and thought I was going to drive back to Burlington. I was falling asleep at the wheel. And so I decided to pull over. I had a BMW at the time and uh, it was like February. So it was cold as fuck. So I was like, I'll just leave my key, you know, let the heat run. Well, I'm waking up to a knock at the door or at the window. So I lost my license. I went to jail and that didn't help the matters at all. And then, so by this time, I'm just like, fuck everything, you know? So I'm riding around fucking, I took my mom's car cause I was still going to work at this time, but I was a half-ass motherfucker. Like, you know, I was there, I'm kind of working, but I'm like dead tired or I stayed up all night, you know, from doing too much uh, fucking dope. And I'm riding around just mad at the world with an AR-15 in a passenger seat, just wishing a motherfucker would. Like, try me, motherfucker. I ain't got nothing to lose. Like, I lost my family. I lost my job. I damn near lost my house. But most importantly, I lost myself. Like, these motherfuckers can come take everything from me. You can take everything I fucking have, but you can't take me from me. I will not lose myself Mm -hmm. again. Watch me fucking wake up at 2.30 a.m. tomorrow. I don't give a fuck, dude. Like, I was broken. But all that... All that was a mask, mm. like trying to act hard, riding around with that shit, dude. I was a cover up. I wasn't hard. I was hurt. I was very hurt. 
getting in the mirror. I'm like, you're not tough, motherfucker. You're crying right now. And I was, I was very hurt. That was a hard thing for me to go through. And I, I, the amount of times I sat in my living room with a fifth of fucking New Amsterdam vodka with a gun right here, like right here. And I'd like smile about it. It was, I couldn't tell you how many times all I want, I was done. I wanted to blow my fucking head off, but I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't because I had, I had to help my mom. I had to help my brothers. You know, I remember I gave my mom a picture and I look at this picture now. My face was like pale as fuck. My eyes were bloodshot. And, uh, I was just a, a, a mess. And I wrote her a note after things started getting better. I said, thank you for not giving up on me when I was giving up on myself. I mean, shit was rough, dude. When I didn't talk to my family, I remember I made a post about this. It was like six years ago today. The night before Thanksgiving is called like Blackout Wednesday or some shit. I just got fucking demolished. I woke up Thanksgiving day. I drove down to the gas station. I bought two fifths of New Amsterdam peach and two frozen pizzas. I went back to the house, ate the pizzas and drank the bottles till I turned around and passed out again. Like that was my holidays. You know, it was just, I fucking hated life. But all that changed. Like I got in the mirror and just had to be honest with myself. You ain't, you're not hard motherfucker. You're hurt. You're crying right now. And that eventually led back to getting in alignment with myself, getting tuned in with boxing. Like, okay, I'm gonna take this shit for real. Like I got the world against me and I'm going to, this is my purpose. Now this is something I'm passionate about that eventually led to me, uh, become a golden glove state champion. It was like the fucking happiest moment of my life. Like I had felt like I overcame so much shit. Uh, you know, it was just, it was a good time. And I remember I looked at my trainer, I'm like, bro, we didn't. He's like, no, you did it. And I just put my head down on the turnbuckle and I just wanted to cry right there. Like it was a, it was a great time. And you know what happened after that? I fell off again. Like I fucked up so many times and then I'd get back to it. it. My life didn't really change for the better until I moved out to Colorado. My wife got me in alignment. You got me crying and shit. <laughs> Don't shit. forget, I'll give you that hug, man. I'll yeah, give you that hug. Come on, bro. I, you need a hug now, my man. <laughs> I need one too. Oh, I love you, bro. Love. I, I fucking... I appreciate that, man. Because, you know, ultimately all that shit, I just wanted, I wanted love. Yeah, I wanted to feel comfort, like, and I have that now. My wife Paige, like, she's the one that really got me in alignment. But it was all that was just covering shit up, trying yeah. to ease the pain. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it was fucking rough. It's like the yin and the yang and the harmony, right? It's like turning your pain into purpose, and it's so funny how it works, man. Like, it's so easy to talk about the scars when you've already healed the wound and you built that scar tissue up and that scar tissue makes you fucking stronger and all that stress. And it's really hard to talk about current open wounds. It's really mm. hard to talk about certain things, especially as a man. But I tell you what, man, you already know this being uh, a legitimate elite fighter. The most, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> well, I mean, dude, you know already, like if you walk into a room, most people, you could, you could, you could uh, hold it off until... You know, down. you know what you can do. Um, we were talking about that. Like, you know, we we're talking about doing hard things, right? If somebody's like, Nick, I bet you can't fucking run 50 miles. <laughs> Watch this motherfucker. Like, you just challenged me. We talked about that with your 100 mile race when that dude thought you were going to tap out. Like, motherfucker, you know who I am? Yeah. You got up and you finished that shit. And I told you, I'm going to I'm gonna do that. But a 100 mile race scares the fuck out of me. <laughs> but I'm gonna, that's why you got to do it. But doing hard things, and this opened my eyes. Doing hard things isn't always physical. Mm -hmm. Ashley taught me that, you know, shout out Ashley Hommel. Um, doing hard things was 
having that conversation with your wife or your significant other when yep. you don't want to. Doing hard things is when that motherfucker flips you off in traffic and you pull up to the stoplight together and you're gripping that fucking steering wheel like, come on, motherfucker, do something. I'll bite your fucking head off. <laughs> Doing hard things is letting that go. Strength is restraint. You've proven you can fight. Can you prove you can't? You've proven you can eat all that shit in the fucking pantry. Can you prove you can't? Strength is restraint. And that's like, well, oh my God, that was like, that hit me so hard when I heard that for the first time. You know what I'm saying? Like getting in alignment with yourself. Are you the person you needed growing up? And looking back and I'm like, fuck no, I got a lot of work to do. But the work don't stop. Say, say I like that. Say that again. Are you the, are you the person you needed growing up? That's like, that's what I ask people. I, when I, when I, I don't, I don't help people, you know, I help people lose weight, build muscle. No, I help people become the person they always needed growing up. Cause I needed somebody and I didn't have that somebody. I created this person. I didn't have somebody to teach me. I got taught the wrong fucking way. This generational trauma shit that keeps getting passed down. My mom had it fucking rough too. My stepfather had it rough. My dad had it rough. They all had it rough. But if you're gonna bring kids in this world, you have a certain duty to uphold. I'm I'm be the motherfucker that breaks the cycle. I'm be the one that breaks the chain. My beautiful little eight year old daughter, she's so dramatic, right? Now here's the thing. On paper, that's my stepkid. In my eyes, that's my fucking kid. Mm -hmm. I the second you say that's my stepkid, you, you create a separation there. I taught her how to mm -hmm. tie her shoes. I taught her how to ride a bike with no training wheels. Even though like her and her mom are so close, and I love that. I hope they stay that way forever. You know, I want I want it to be like that. But that's my kid. I will always yeah. be there for that kid. And like people won't agree with this, but my That's my that's, that's my stepkid. That's, that's poppy. my stepkid right now. Um, <laughs> you know, people won't agree to agree with this, but my real father, they're like, he didn't fucking do shit for you. No, he didn't. He really didn't. He 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 was a grown man, he made his decision, and he gave up on me. But I reached out to him and I don't need closure. Sometimes closure can be viewed as overrated. Like, I already went through the pain. Why do we have to relive this again? But I wanted the truth. Me and him are cool. We're cool. My stepfather fucked up my whole life, but we're cool. Like I'll never forget, but I had to forgive. I had to forgive my real father. I had to forgive my stepfather. I had to forgive everything. All that shit you fucking went through, all that trauma, all that pain, you have to extinguish that shit or you're going to pass it on. My daughter doesn't deserve that. She don't. I'm going to be the one that breaks this cycle. I'm getting fucking goosebumps talking about that shit, but it, she doesn't deserve that. Her father's in prison too. That ain't her fault. I'm going to be the motherfucker that breaks this shit. Well, it's not her fault that you decided to marry her mom. So, so it's not, it's, it's the same thing that I've gone through, that you've gone through, that many people have gone through. And uh, when my mom remarried and then she remarried again, like my stepdad now, like he's incredible. And it's like, I've, as I've reflected, I'm like, I don't really like the amount of things that he did for us. And then when you reflect back on, you're like, damn. I feel like I just took it for granted or ungrateful mm. and I'm super grateful for it. But all I need you to do is just take care of my mom. I don't need you to do shit for me. Right. But when she remarried the first time from my dad to my previous stepdad, things just felt like a burden. Then motherfucker, why'd you marry her? You know, she's coming <laughs> with three kids. A lot of, a lot of people but that's get how, comfortable. Well, that's, well, that's how you felt too, right? Like, you know, he married your mom and it was like a, it was like a, like a burden. Well then go fucking marry somebody but people, else. people, this is something I had to realize, you know, I'm like, mom, why didn't you ever just leave him? And she told me, she's like, I never thought I could make it on my own. Some people, I'm like, what the fuck? It's easy. Pack shit, get the fuck out. <laughs> it's not that easy. You know what I'm saying? Especially for women. If, yes. Like even my wife now, she was in uh, an abusive relationship in the past. I'm like, what the fuck? Why didn't you just leave? 
it's not that easy. And that was something I had to learn and open my eyes to. It may be. How did she get out of that? Because I, because I think that's another thing too. Like a lot of people get abused, right? Physically, mentally, sexually, and especially for women. And maybe, and maybe you don't have like a technical opinion or like, here's the exact step because clearly it's not like a clear path on how to get out. Mm -hmm. But I think that is something valuable for people to understand is like, and, and maybe not to speak for her either. I'm prefacing all this because what does somebody do? Right. What does somebody do? That's like our moms that likely was legitimately stuck. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, at least, at least they thought they were maybe stuck. They but thought this, they don't, everybody has an option. It's like moving away. It was probably one of the scariest things I ever did. Mm -hmm. um, but you got to take them risks. And then you look back. It was like when I quit my job after I bought my house, I was like so fucking scared. Like, fuck, I got to make this. That house paint was so little too, looking back. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, taking That's the risk. into the cocaine budget. What the fuck? <laughs> you damn right it was. <laughs> fuck, that was some wild shit, man. Uh, but, uh, you know, you take that risk. And then after you do it, you're like, fuck, I should have done that a long time ago. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like sometimes people, a lot of what I've realized is a lot of people just get very complacent and they're like, we, we need both of these incomes to be able to survive. Whether I'm happy or not, we're just going to keep living. I will fuck that. I will never live like that. If you're not happy, you need to make that change. There's two types of motherfuckers in this world. There's intentional and there's circumstantial. A lot of people are mm -hmm. circumstantial. They got handed down some shit ass circumstances from their fucking lazy ass parents and they just took it. And then now they just sit there and play a victim mindset like, ooh, life was fucking hard. Yeah, my life was fucking hard too. But somewhere along the line, you become intentional about changing your life, mm -hmm. intentional about every action that you take. I'm not gonna fucking live that life. I'm gonna take care of my wife and my kid. They're gonna have a good fucking life. They already, they're, they take full advantage of it. Well, at least the kid does. She, <laughs> she asks her mom for something and she'll say no. And she goes, I'll just go ask Nick for it. <laughs> I love that kid, man. Um, but you know, that comes, she has to earn. Like I'm very big on respect. She has to earn her way. But you have to be intentional about wanting to change your life. So what would you say to those that are going in to a relationship that it's technically not quote unquote, their kid, right? There's a step kid involved or even women or men, people that have a kid and they may not have that hope or they're looking for that hope of I'm coming with quote unquote baggage. I'm coming with this trauma, mm -hmm. this, this backstory, this background, uh, these limited beliefs that no one's going to want me because I got a kid or I have multiple kids or I'm mm -hmm. stuck in That's this relationship. Thing. What have you learned from uh, your wife, Paige? That's like, she said, I just had to navigate this way. I had to start thinking this way. Were there certain things that, and again, maybe not to speak for her, fuck, bring her on the show. Yeah, I'm sure no, she's we'll got some it. wisdom to share. She, uh, we'll break out of that show. Yeah. I, she was, she will, she's very introverted and I'll fucking talk to everybody. <laughs> um, but women are strong. Mm -hmm. Women don't, sometimes I don't think they understand how strong they are. Mm -hmm. She went through a lot of shit herself. Um, and she has never told that, like, she's told me, I know everything, obviously. Um, but I'm like, holy fuck. She went through some shit, still going to school, still working, having a kid, you know, her grandparents, they helped her out so much. They're, they're very good people. She went through some shit and it took a while, but she figured it out. You know, she moved away and, uh, you know, gotten, gotten alignment, but, um, getting into something like that, I'm, I'm not a professional, like fucking, I'm not, I figure this out as I go to, 
Mm-hmm. But like I said, I don't know what to do, but I know what not to do. You know, <laughs> like that I got raised the wrong fucking way. But when I first got with Paige, I'm like, oh yeah, it's like, a, you know, a kid. I always told myself I would never get with a woman that had a kid because I never felt that love. I never, you know, from a dad. Uh, but yeah. that's exactly what the fuck I did. <laughs> I got with a woman yeah. that had a kid. And honestly, it was the best thing I ever fucking did because uh, it, it's not, it wasn't easy. And sometimes it's still not because it was very militant in my style, in militant style in my house growing up. Just sometimes that back door would open and I'd sit up straight like, fuck, did I do everything I was supposed to do? And this is some shit. I'm fucking 28 years old. I'm a grown ass man. And sometimes I'll hear that back door open, sit up like that. I'm like, fuck, I ain't got to do this shit yeah. no more. Man. This is my house. I'm cool. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's certain things I expect. And sometimes I do take it too far. And her mom has to correct me on that. But we're a team and she, she teaches me a lot. You know, like, hey, she's a kid. She's not going to fucking do everything right the first time. I'm like, fuck, yeah. I'm learning. So diving into that, you really need to, like, you need to be prepared. If it's not something you think you can do, you don't need to do it. Don't fuck up that kid's life. That kid doesn't deserve that. Yeah, and just being self-aware enough to know that I'm learning too. Like, you're going to earn it. You're just maybe going to earn it a little bit differently than how I had to earn it. Yeah, 100%. And uh, what got you here is not going to get you there. Mm-hmm. But that's usually the generational curse. That's the generational trauma. It's like, well, my fucking dad wasn't around or my dad beat my ass. And my dad would unplug the TV and say, go outside. Or maybe there wasn't even a TV. So it's probably you finding yourself in those moments of like, well, when I was that fucking age, I was taking the trash out and scrubbing well, the floors. Yeah. Maybe she just needs to be a fucking kid. Right there. That, yes, 100%. And that's something that she, Paige had a. Nick, let her be a kid. And I'm like, fuck. And I, I really do like, like, hey, you know, you're not going to sit here and watch TV all fucking day. Yeah. You're going to do, you're going to earn your right to watch TV, right? Like, I'm all for that, but your chores need to be done. Like, shit like that. Hey, whether you had to tell her fucking five or six times, she's a kid. And that's mm-hmm. something I had to learn. I still learn. I'm not perfect by any means. And I'm trying every day, like, to be better than how I was. Because most of these motherfuckers, their weakness is their fucking cake and Twinkies and shit. My weakness is my anger and letting it get the best of me in in any sort of circumstance. Like, I need to stop letting that random ass motherfucker, that external situation create an internal shift on my energy. I'm letting these people dictate my day. But now I'm like getting a hold of that shit. So just figuring it the fuck out as I go is my biggest like challenge. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But all that shit, all that trauma... I have to heal from that. You know what I mean? Like that, that is done. I have to move forward. You want, you want me to be fucking mad the rest of my life? No, I don't want to be mad. I don't, I really don't. I have to, my kid sees how I act. If I'm ready to pop it off in the middle of the intersection, she sees I have, kids always fail to listen to their parents, but they never fail to emulate them. So you need to make sure you create somebody that you'd want them to follow. I don't want my kid popping out at the intersection ready to fight somebody. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Let that go. Strength is restrained, man. And a lot of the people that you've coached and you currently coach, or at least the trend that you've seen, are people that have kids or a significant other and they're working because everyone's busy. Everyone's busy. Right. Everyone's busy. But they say, nah, man, like I worked hard today. I can't really go to the gym. I got kids to attend to. I got this mm-hmm. to do, that to do. And so they're deflecting, taking care of themselves, healing themselves, pouring into themselves because they're just giving so much of their energy away, right? They're working full time. They're trying to put food on the table. 
But then in reality, it's like they're not giving anything to themselves. To themselves. You have to give it to yourself. First. And that's why you're waking up at 2.30, right? Man, it's that's like- uh, People you, say they're busy. I've, I've met very few people that are busier than I am. I wake up at 2.30 a.m. every day. I go to the gym. I leave, you know, I come back, I shower, make breakfast and all that. Uh, I leave the house by 5.45 to drive an hour and 15 minutes, one way to work, um, where I work outside 10 hours a day, you know, Monday through Friday, if not Saturday, depending on that. I come home, whether I have a sales call or I got some business work I got to do, or uh, I'm still in school. I was, I'm still in electrical school. This is my last year. That's every Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, Tuesday and Thursday till 8 p.m. Now I got to drive the other side of the city and go, go home and go to bed. If I'm not on those days, I'm doing some type of business work, like just on the fucking go. You know, and I was doing online schooling to get certified to be a personal trainer and a nutrition coach as well. So I'm fucking packed. So when you tell me you're too busy, I got to I got to let, let me pick at this for a minute because I want to see. And I've met some people that are doing it more than me. I, I got the utmost respect for them. But being honest, my approach is hard truths. You know, are you being honest with yourself? I wake up at that time because I have to give it to myself. I, this is what I say. I choose to work on myself before I go work for somebody else all day, you know, and people are like, you don't have to wake up at, no, you don't fucking have to wake up at that time, but that's what works with my schedule. Mm-hmm. Right now, if you get it out of the way, I like to say I'm stacking wins early. There's fucking nobody out at that fucking time. Mm-hmm. So by the time all these people are waking up, I'm 10 wins in, I'm 20 wins in, I'm stacking them early. Right. So if you want to put it off to the end of the day, that's fine. It's the same gym at 3am as it is at 3pm, but then you're at work and you know, work and run late, or you're like, your wife needs you to do this or something. And then you're like, fuck it, just put it off, right? So mm. giving it to myself first. And that's the thing. People don't value themselves enough. I love myself so much that I can love my family to the highest level. If you're some fat ass 18 pack drinking dad that comes home and you're just some low level fuck that thinks you worked hard all day when most of the time these people that say they work their ass off don't really work their ass off. Um, and to the ones that do, I love that, I respect that. But, um, you know, they just come home and they love their family to this extent. They don't love their family to the extent that if you don't look in the mirror and you fucking, you don't love yourself, you're not loving your family to that extent. Give it to yourself first. I preach that all the fucking time. Ed, Ed Milet said it. You're, we were talking about creating the, uh, somebody that you'd want your kids to follow. The most insidious form of child neglect you could ever give your kid is not pursuing your, your dreams or your potential. You're literally instilling in them that it's okay to settle. And that's not something I'll do. My kid, I don't ever expect her to wake up at 2.30 a.m. I'm going to take care of her, I promise. But she will work, right? Mm-hmm. She will earn her way. But she sees I, she sees me prep my food every fucking Sunday. She sees me work all day and come home and jump right on my computer and get right to work on the business. Like, the work instills the worth. She may not fully understand it now, mm-hmm. but she sees I don't fucking miss, right? Like, where's Nick? Oh, he's at the gym. Well, I, yeah, I figured that, right? Yeah. She just knows, man, it's straight, never straightened. And I'm going to keep grinding, but I need to make sure I don't do this all for nothing. You see how I did Let's that? Let's go. Come <laughs> on now. Come on now. Let's go. I knew you were going to drop some fucking fire on here. Hell yeah. Come on Come now. Come with that energy. It's getting warm in here. Wake up, Michael. Come on. Get some push-ups in. How Let's long go. We've been in? Yeah, what we we still got time. We got oh, time. Yeah, we got, uh, we're, we're sitting good. Oh, man. Oh, man. So how are you pouring into your daughter and your wife? Like, what are some things you guys like to do? In this stage right now, I'm sacrificing so much time to try to create that better life for us as a family. Um, But I always say sacrifice creates a paradise. Sacrifice the sleep to wake up and work on yourself. Sacrifice the time, um, you know, to work on the business, to scale it. However, you know, you got to sacrifice some things to make things better. Mm -hmm. If you're just complacent, things were not going to change, right? 
it's that you can stem that to anything. Some things that I'm doing. What was the question? I forgot. What do you guys like to do for fun? Oh shit. Uh, so we like to go out to eat. That's yeah. why I, bro, this is my thing. Um, I got this big ass, dumb, stupid Cuban link chain, this diamonds all over it. And <laughs> I was actually, my wife, we were talking about this. I'm looking around. She bought me this on her wedding day. She bought me both these chains from Italy. And then obviously on. like the ring, uh, we, I bought mine. She bought hers kind of thing, but I work construction all week long. And I found myself like wearing sweatpants and shit uh, on the weekends. There's nothing more I love to do than to put something on like this. Nothing crazy, like some Jordans, some jeans and yeah. plain T-shirt, bro. My T-shirts are from fucking Target. Like, I that's love that good. shit. And I like to put all my jewelry on and yeah. I like to go out to eat. You that's know what good. I mean? Like, that's we like to do that. Um, the kid loves it. And I'm like, hey, you got to eat some real shit at the house, too. Yeah. But she loves to go out to eat. And so we'll do shit like that. We'll have, uh, you know, family nights or whatever. We, But I, man, I got to We got to do more. I got to do more. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just get in this groove of work, work, work. Sometimes it's OK to fucking slow down and go do some stuff. Go do some stuff, you know, yeah. release yourself from that and just have zone in. Like, that's my biggest problem is like a client, will, you know, message me or something. And I'm getting right back to it. I got to get, you know, all that in alignment, but I just want to give, I always tell my clients, I will always show up for you if you show up for yourself. So if they hit me with some questions or whatever, I'm boom, I'm right there to help them mm -hmm. out. Balancing that with family time, um, you know, it's still in a sacrifice mode or time, but it's going to, it's going to get there. I'm curious how you uh, had that like breakthrough moment. Ooh. Like someone that's listening to this, that was Nick. Like, let's say Nick, you were listening to this. Mm -hmm. What two years ago? Three years ago? Were you a different person then? 100 percent. I mean, so a year you, and a half ago, I was a different person. Yeah. So and, I moved out to go ahead. But but the question is, is like you started reading books, you started listening to podcasts, you started, you know, doing these certain things, right? Mm -hmm. If you were that person listening right now, like what would you what would you tell that person that's like Man, I want to start that business. I wanna, I wanna go get uh, this specific license at my job so I can start making more. I want to start going to the gym. Like, what are some words of encouragement or things that you did speaking to old Nick or speaking to that person that can resonate or relate to where you were a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, ten years ago? Habits. Your habits are we're all the same. Our habits are just different. And taking action. People talk a lot of shit. I want to do this. I want to No, You need to take fucking action. When I first moved out to Colorado, Colorado, I was a fat, chunky fuck with slight tits. Like my fucking shit was starting to poke out to the side. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, you know, behind every successful man is a strong, supportive woman. My wife really kind of opened my eyes to this shit. Like um, before I ever got certified, before I ever really dove. I mean, I was just boxing and I wanted to com keep competing. Um, but I found myself investing so much time into that and not competing every time I would get ready for a fight, work would pick up or some shit like, hey, you got to work Saturday, Sunday. And so, you know, I was probably making excuses and shit, but I found myself training and not executing. You know what I'm saying? So um, fucking I was losing my train of thought now. Or you were just like. I mean, yeah, that, that's kind of how it is sometimes, right? Like you were not even training. You were probably just like working out. You're just going through the motions. Right. So, which um, is okay because that's the season of life. You're like, you know what? That served me a purpose to win yeah. the golden gloves. But, like, hey, my new season of life, I'm not. I'm on my, my journey right now. 
because people are having identity crisis. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of people just have like an identity crisis. They're like, man, they, they sit in their sorrows of who they were when they were a kid from all their trauma. Yo, that's not your identity. They play sports in high school. That's not your identity anymore. Yeah. They go through college. That's not your identity anymore. So they're trying to find this new identity when they're in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, maybe forever. And that's the old Nick, right? Like that's when I, that's when I was in Iowa I got the golden gloves. I accomplished it. Like that's my old identity. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and a lot now, of people, now this is my, um, let's create that new identity. Yeah. So a lot of people focus on that old Nick. They, I was a grimy fuck and people never want to see the new side of me. And that's all right. Like I don't need outward validation from fucking nobody. I know what the fuck I can do. So the people that are still living in fucking Southeast Iowa and Burlington that talk shit about me, fuck you. Like, Hey, you know what? It's, it's out of love really. But they don't love themselves. Their perception of me is a reflection of themselves. So if all my, my, my emotion, my, my intentions are pure to help somebody out. If they don't see that, they're not happy with themselves. And that's fine. I will always respond out of love. Somebody could message me and be like, fuck you. Hey, I'm sorry. You're so insecure with yourself that you had to send me that message. You should hop on my program so I can teach you not to send messages like that to somebody. And for like five seconds, you're like, motherfucker, who, what'd you say? <laughs> it does. It clicks. Oh, you had to <laughs> type in some shit out. You had to, uh, <laughs> delete, I gotta fucking delete. delete this. Hold on. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just learning. Um, but really Paige opened my eyes to a lot, you know, like she helped me really get started on this nutrition side of things. And then I just took it and fucking ran with it. Like, uh, you know, getting certified, doing the schooling, figuring shit out. Like I'm always learning something new, experimenting with shit, my own self. And then I kind of transitioned out of boxing. Like I said, I'm on my new journey and helping people, right? Like my biggest thing is there is no better feeling on this earth than finding a broken individual, taking them into, you know, under your wing, like, cause I once was a broken individual myself and instilling that confidence back in them, just making them be fucking proud of who they are. I'm proud of who I am because I've done the fucking work and nobody can take that from me. The work instills the worth. You put in what you get out. So that's like my whole motive with shit. What really sparked all this was fucking David Goggins. Let's go. I listened to his first book, Can't Hurt Me, six fucking times now. And it just sparked some crazy shit. And that just went down, you know, Jocko, Cameron Haynes, all this shit. I just started listening to all this shit. And you start to realize what you really can do. Like people, they, they'll hear about me running a fucking half marathon or something. They're like, fuck that. I've never ran that far. Well, did you try? When I did my first half marathon, the furthest I ever ran was like four fucking miles. And then I just, I didn't train for that at all. It was about 2.45 a.m. And I decided, I was like, you know what? Let me look up a race. I might try some new shit. And it just so happened there was one the very next morning in Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. And I just sat there fucking smiling. It was a 5K, a 10K or a half marathon. I'm like, you crazy ass gonna do this fucking half marathon with zero fucking training. It was, it was a wreck. I forgot my hydration pack at the house. Um, I pulled up to the event. I locked my car and I'm like, fuck, I don't have nowhere to put my keys. So I'm running this race with my keys jangling in my pocket the whole fucking time. I got my designer sunglasses on there fogging up because I'm sweating so fucking bad. Um, but it was just one foot in front of the other. Mm. Like, and then I started like, I, I started getting pain in my knees and then I, uh, it kind of went away. And then suddenly you're like, okay, I'm gonna pick that person off, pick that person off. And I fucking completed the race. Some people will never understand like, why would you fucking do that? Who wants to run, you know? And those people will never understand me. 
They will never understand somebody that, like Tyler will say, wants to run a 100-mile race. And that's fine. I don't need you to understand me. I yeah. know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I'm, like, triple, triple downing on my fucking weaknesses. I'm not a runner, but that day I was. Mm. And then, you know what I'm saying? So just doing shit. David Goggins sparked that up. And then I did 75 hard. And I'm not a good reader. So I forced myself to read his second book. It's called, like, Unstoppable or something. And that, all this just was a started compounding, right, which eventually led me to man, I can teach people how to become a better version of themselves, man or woman. You know what I'm saying? And I eventually invested into my first mentor. Shout out to Zach Colburn, man. He owns a business called uh, PTBI. It's the personal trainer's business incubator. And he gave me the full blueprint on how to fucking start everything. Like that was, that was the gateway that opened up into more shit. I was just getting into it. But that man gave me the whole blueprint on how to get started. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same thing people hear time in and time out, but it, it, there's clearly truth to it. It's like, you got to start investing. And what do I mean by that? You got to start investing time in the time that you're spending around certain people, mm-hmm. certain places, certain things. So usually it's like, hey, if I need to get out of a situation, whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, whatever circumstance, usually you got to change the whole environment. Oh. We got to go to a different place. We got to be doing different things. We got to be around different people. We got to have start having different thoughts because those thoughts will turn into habits. We got to start investing our time differently, right? And what's going to come with that is a lot of fucking chatter. And or I also believe that a lot of made up chatter, made up chatter that like, oh, maybe people will start thinking I'm, you know, too good for them or. And maybe they will say that, right? But I think a lot of it's, you know, kind of made up as well. In your like, own head. yeah. In your own head, right? You start getting in your own way. Then you start getting in your own way when you start running your own race or people can never stop running somebody else's race. I call it the wicked race, which is an exhausting race. And that's where you feel like you get stuck. That's where you you start to blame your circumstances. You start blaming your past. You start blaming the people, places, and things around you. And you got to, you got to invest, right? You got to invest that time to, to read the book, Mm -hmm. to listen to the podcast. And then in my personal opinion, where you do make that even next level leap, you got to invest money. You got to invest in yourself. Because if you don't invest the money, you're not going to take it seriously. Right. It puts an attachment behind it and you are your greatest asset. You got to put the time and the money into a mentorship and a mastermind and a coaching We've all done it. Yeah. Every it, single person's done it. They 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 put the time and the money, they've invested, and they go, oh, I learned from what took that guy 10 years. Yes. He taught me in 10 weeks. The time. And I wanted to do all this on my own. And fuck, looking back now, I would have been way off track. I would have still been figuring it out on my own. Invest that money and the time it would have took me to figure out everything that I know now, figured it out right here. Literally the blueprint. Mm-hmm. And then I made that money back. You know what I'm saying? And then I invested into another mentor. But you just, it opens, it's the gateway to learning more. It's like fitness. I don't push this shit on nobody. But when you get in alignment with yourself, when you start to love yourself, I've never seen somebody not excel in every other aspect of their life. Suddenly their relationship's better. Suddenly their finances are better. You love who you are in the mirror because you're proud of, everybody wants the fast car, the exotic car, the the nice house and all that. But y- you yourself, you're in full control of that. Mm-hmm. You have, that is completely up to you on your physique, your, you know, your body, whatever. And so all that other shit that has other factors that come into play, 
you know, money, banks, all that other shit. Your body is your first priority. And I don't push it on nobody, but it's the truth. And I will always tell the truth. Love ain't fucking lies. I will always tell you the truth, whether you want to hear it or not. Yeah, because the truth sounds crazy in a world full of lies, right? And that's why fitness, whether it's, in my personal opinion, running or like combat sports, it's like the ultimate equalizer. It don't matter how much money you have in the bank. It don't matter what car you drive. It doesn't matter what your circumstance was growing up. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. It doesn't matter about the next big thing you're working on. Just keep running. It don't matter how good you're running. It doesn't matter how good I'm running. It's like, that's why I fell in love with running and probably why you fell in love with, you know, boxing and, you know, working out and all that. It's like, this is the ultimate equalizer. When you got in the ring, it wasn't, well, I come from this. I have this money in my bank account. It's like someone's winning this fight. Mm -hmm. That's why I fell in love with, with running again was like, oh, it's not actually me versus anyone. It's me versus, versus me. Yourself. Yes. And it's the ultimate equalizer. Cause you can, you can cover up the pain, but like, yo, there's no excuses out here. Mm -hmm. You know, you put your shoes on and whether you got the keys in the pocket, whether you have designer shades on or not, it don't matter. Yeah. You still one foot in front of the other. You have to just start sometimes mm -hmm. just go now, now flying out here, running through the airport. That shit was fucked, <laughs> but <laughs> I haven't ran in Little fucking <laughs> months, bro. It was like grease on my shoes. My knees was hurting. Since Flint's was coming into play. I was fucked. I get on the plane. I'm fucking sweating and shit. Now suddenly I'm the stinky guy on the plane. I'm like leaning over. I felt bad. I really did. I'm like leaning over, like dabbing my forehead and shit. I don't want to run there, but I'll run somewhere else. And so now, yeah, I got events coming up. Uh, I got a Spartan race coming up with some homies that are from Burlington. They live in Denver now. And we're going to do it between my wife, him and his wife. Nice. And just do like a group thing. It's not going to be like fucking crazy challenge. It's just going to be fun. And I've never done a Spartan race before. Yeah, that's another thing too, right? It's like not to shame or guilt yourself to, because I've done it more than fuck, probably more people I know combined is like trying to shame and guilt myself to get back into running ultra marathons. And then ultimately God and universe and the world goes, nah, we're actually going to fucking tear your Achilles. And this is a different race because what got you here is not going to get you there. This is a different endurance race. You actually about it. We're actually going to test everything around you. And this is the new race, right? And so that's what I've learned is like, oh, wait, we can actually make it fun, right? It's like, I'm not running the 50 mile race to punish myself. Yeah, I'm doing it because I get to. And I know that feeling of having your foot up in the air, man, will I actually ever walk again? That's fucking crazy. Bro. You know, and, and people torn Achilles or not, I think that they're living a life that way in their own mind. And, uh, it's a fake injury, you know, it's a fake Damn. injury and it's like, Hey, I can't maybe speak for all of you. I can only speak for myself and my circumstances. But like you said, one foot in front of the other. Dude, one I love foot. that. I mean, like you said, that's, that's what you needed really though. Mm -hmm. It's like this whole shit with my family. I'm like the moderator of my family, you know, like just fucking running shit pretty much, you know, like at my, I just got married in November and I invited everybody. And there's people on Paige's side that don't get along. There's people on my side that don't get along. And I told them all, I said, whether you like the person across from you or not, or whether you like the person across the room from you or not, Paige and I today, we created this, right? This is, we bonded all this. So even if it's for one day and one day only, my toast is to family. 
and everybody put their differences aside for the sake of us. Now I would have fucking set it off if they fucking acted up, but they know, man, I came from the bottom of fucking nothing and look what I'm doing now. You know what I mean? Nobody can take shit from me. Like I fucking, I did this We're me and Paige, we're doing this and just becoming, like I said, the moderators of our family. But like you said last night, carrying my trauma, which I'm healing from any, any, you have to heal from your own trauma. If you want to be a conscious leader to anybody else and you know, the healing, you don't just like one day, like, Oh, I'm healed. I'm good. No, I, like I'm in a way better place mentally, physically, spiritually than I was two or three years ago, five years ago, whatever. But you have to get past all that. But I can't carry my family's trauma, right? You just, your hands are full and you're like talking about your Achilles, right? You're like, ah, fuck man, like just give me a chance. And God's like, with what arms? You have no, you let this shit go, you know? So he sends something to break you and you're like, oh, you're playing that victim mindset. But that breakthrough, you you start to see the light at the mm -hmm. end. And so he's got to send something even harder and break you even harder so you can see that light. You have to let that shit go. And so sometimes going through that shit was the best fucking possible thing ever. It makes you appreciate where you came from. And it created me. It created you, right? And so the Achilles, while that's such a devastating thing, that's probably the best fucking thing that could have happened. It's exactly what I needed is sure as hell not what I wanted. <laughs> and that's usually how it goes, man. We get exactly oh, what dude, we need. I oh, I can't even imagine, man. Yes. Just when you bump that thing, it hurts. I yes. can't imagine turning that shit. It's, uh, and what I've noticed too, dude, like in the, the healing process of it is like, it'll be super inflamed. I can feel like, uh, like there's like a ball right there, like the scar tissue in it. And mm. it'll, it'll get like a, like a marble is right there. Damn. And it'll actually go away or it'll inflame and get bigger if I'm getting stressed, if I'm not grounded. So it's like very symbolic. Oh, if I'm not hydrated, damn. if I'm not getting good sleep, if I start getting all fucking worked up again and I try to start putting out more podcast shows, if I start trying to drop more business stuff, if I'm trying to go through the shit that I'm going through behind the scenes, it's like it starts getting inflamed. It starts to, whoa. Yeah. Because what got me here Bro, it ain't going to get me there. I got to start using my mind to a whole nother level. Being that short, fat kid, I had to build a bulletproof mind. Like, you don't run a fucking 100-mile race. You don't run a one-mile race. You don't work a shitty job and continue to show up the next day unless you have the right mindset. When Mindset's you show everything. up, you were talking about women and, and how powerful women are. I say this all the time. The most savage motherfuckers in an ultra marathon is that middle-aged mom that's probably been <laughs> divorced right. with kids. I'm like, oh shit. They've been that through the so most. And they're but it's it's not how they're built. And although, yeah, sure, technically their hips are technically wider and blah, blah, blah. People try to give all these excuses all the time of like, you need to be six foot tall and lean, and you know, that's how you'll be a runner. I'm like, no, you need to have a fucking bulletproof mind. Yeah. Because no, no one no one's designed to run. I mean, the first motherfucker that ran a marathon in Greece collapsed and died. Damn. Right? But it only takes that first person to do it. Years ago, no one ever ran a four-minute mile. And the first time someone ran a four-minute mile, now there's been millions of people that ran a yeah. four-minute mile. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. When I run a mile, I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, My time's slow compared to theirs. <laughs> I don't even know if I can drive that fast. Fuck, man. No, I mean, it really is like, 
there's no specific thing you have to show up. Fuck what anybody says. You don't have to be this, this, and this to do this. I showed up to that fucking first event, that that half marathon, and I'm looking around and I see a bunch of guys with like their their tight shorts and shit on, and I got a fucking cut off and a you know an under chains shirt on, on. No, Jordans I on. <laughs> I didn't have the chain. No, I should have. <laughs> it would have. It would have. You know, completed the look. I was just like the odd guy out, but I loved it. But you finished the fucking race. I, I finished the fucking race. I did another one. This is some crazy shit too. Uh, I had got like sick the night before the race. And I have a watch, a, a coral space too. It didn't record one full hour of sleep the night before the race. I had no appetite. I woke up like just groggy as fuck. It was in South Denver. And my cheap ass, so I'm like, I paid for this shit. I'm going to go fucking do it. That's like something my mom instilled in me as a kid. Like, we paid good money for that food. You're going to eat this shit. Like, yeah, bro. So I fucking show up to the race. I slammed a couple energy drinks, tried to eat some shit. I started to feel better. And then like three miles in, I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like still running and falling asleep. And I was fucking hurting. I finished the race, though. Like, that bulletproof mindset. Like, you ain't going to fucking break me. And that, that stems with everything. Like, I'm going to be the first motherfucker to wake up. I'm at the gym. This shit hurts. Like, you can't fucking break me. Like, just mm -hmm. unstoppable. You just become undeniable. And so I had to channel that inner, that, that mindset, like, to not break. I got to the finish line. I looked at my wife. I'm like, I need some food. I'm about yeah. to go down. <laughs> like, quick. <laughs> but... You know, hopefully the next one I'll be more prepared. I didn't fucking train for that shit either. That's stupid. Do not go into a race without training, please. Like, do your proper training. Well, maybe that's exactly what you need, right? Like, who knows, right? Maybe that's exactly what you need. Maybe you need to go get tested because what you did is you channeled that anger, right? Like, again, coming back to running for me, like, I'm, I'm so obsessed with talking about it. And I'm so, I get like anxious and all worked up about even talking about it because I want to get back out there. Hell yeah. Uh, it just... Like I had, I had to, I had to channel that energy differently, right? I had to channel emotions and circumstances and, uh, and use it as fuel. Right. And, uh, and that's what you've learned as well. Like I got to yeah. channel all this energy and this anger to pop up out of bed to be like, oh, I'm going to put this anger and energy into doing burpees. I'm going to put this into yeah. running the, running the race. And the beauty about it is the, the last mile is the least crowded, you Hell know, yeah. the last mile is the least crowded. And, uh, and that's, that's what it's all about, man, is just running your own race. How did you, um, unless you got something to I was just going to say that right there, like channeling that anger, that inner energy, I had to learn from that because a lot of that was like outward validation. Like I'm going to prove all you motherfuckers wrong. Like all you that talk shit on me, watch what I'm fucking do. I had to learn from that. I don't, I don't need to show them anything. I'm doing this for me. I don't need to, I fucking, you know scale this business to whatever. And, you know, I'm a, some flashy dumb fuck that likes Rolexes and Rolls Royce, you know, uh, like my wife does not agree with me whatsoever on that. She is perfectly, perfectly content driving her SUV. Not me. I'm a, I'm, I like to show up and she's like, no, you like to show off. I'm like, Hey, whatever. <laughs> but, um, I was trying to do that at the beginning, just trying to watch me shit on you. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I, nah, I don't, I don't have anything to prove to those people that don't agree with what I have going on. I do this for me. If I was trying to do it for all these other people, shit, I would have been done a long time ago. You'll fail. Well, no, I would have been done a long time ago because your uh, your goals ain't nowhere near mine and your ability is nowhere near mine. And I ain't saying that to say that there's not people that have bigger ability than me, bigger goals than me. It's just, if I was doing it for all of you, shit, I could have been chilling on the couch a long time ago. Hell yeah. You can't even comprehend what I'm trying to do. And that's okay because I don't need you to. Yes, they will never understand. You'll never understand. So it is what it is. 
As far as uh, your wife, how did you guys meet? So she was actually my neighbor when we were in middle school. Uh-oh. And she had a crush on me back then, but I was this little dumb fuck <laughs> that had no game whatsoever. <laughs> Dude, I had like some fucking flipping Justin Bieber style hair. I was this short, like dark. I was a lot darker than I am now. I'm like two-tone. I'm dark in the summer, light in the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just sh- short Mexican kid that people are always asking like, what are you? Like that was a whole challenge in itself. I'm like, what the fuck you mean? I'm human. You know, like they're like, what are you? And I'm like. <laughs> in Iowa, you're like. like it's fucked. <laughs> fuck? Oh yeah, I'm just getting older. Like, I guess my white side's coming out now. But, um, you know, she was my neighbor and, uh, you know, she liked me, but I, I didn't fucking know even how to talk to a girl at the time. And then we got in high school and we didn't talk at all. Like not one fucking word. And she was, she was mean. She'll admit it, but she don't like when I tell people that I've told this story a million fucking times. And I just, I think it's funny. Um, but you know, we reconnected years later. She had moved to Colorado and, uh, I was still living in Burlington and I was, I had kind of calmed down at this point. I was still, you know, partying and shit like that. Uh, it was a night Mike Tyson fought Roy Jones Jr. I had a big get together at my house. We could all watch the fight. And I ended up messaging her. You know, I got drunk, got that little liquid courage in me. I'm like, when are you going to let me take you out sometime? And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was so random, you know, because we were just talking back and forth. And then. Uh, you were you were in Colorado already? No, I was in, I was in Burlington. Um, still. Oh, okay, she was okay. out there. Um, and she moved out there to get out of her situation. Yeah, start a new life. Pretty yeah, much. nice. Um, and then, uh, you know, we eventually, we decided we wanted to hang out. We actually hung out on Christmas Day. I remember I kept telling my mom and my sister, I'm like, I got a hot date. And they're like, who the fuck hangs out with somebody on Christmas Day? I'm like, shit, this is how, because she was coming back for the holidays. Oh. And so we hung out and, you know, took her out to eat the next morning and stuff. And she was so blown away that I decided to pay for her because she's never had that and so one thing just led to another and you know things things took off i eventually set a date where i was gonna you know leave my job in burlington leave my house and my sister was gonna rent my house out from me and i moved out to colorado june 1st uh coming up on three years ago and so it was the scariest thing and i didn't want to leave my my mom my brothers or any of that but um it was the best fucking thing i ever did was leaving burlington iowa Mm -hmm. and you know, no disrespect to the people that stay there, uh, but you got to take that risk sometimes. Like, I would have never created this verse. There's nobody there that is, cre- you have to be around people that are creating, like, a certain expectation. I always say you won't amount to your potential and I won't either. You will amount to what the people around you expect of you. So if your wife doesn't expect you to be in shape, you won't. If your kid doesn't expect you to be able to buy that bike for you, <laughs> she look at Brenda. If your kid doesn't expect you to buy that bike for her, you won't. You need to be around people that expect you to be fucking better. So like as I'm growing, as I'm like excelling in life and in business and shit, you set certain standards. Like if your homies are going to be close with you, set, you know, certain standards, you're going to work out or you're going to be in shape. You stop playing this fucking victim mindset that your life's so fucking hard because mine was too, but you have the choice to be fucking better. If not, you're going to get fucking left behind. So just creating that intentional person, things just start rolling, bro. It creates somebody new. And it's not even necessarily leaving behind and like being negative to where you're from or where we're from, where I'm from. It's more of like, and it's easier said than done, but you go back or you look back on Facebook and you're like, oh, you're just doing the same thing. Same shit. But then it's also like, and that's fine, but you didn't even try to go create something new. Mm -hmm. So it's not to leave it behind like, oh, I'm better than you. It's more of like, no, I get to go create something. And if it doesn't work out, like I can always come back. Always come back home. 
and we've talked and about why it. would you why were you scared to leave you know it was like because um, you were the moderator right like you're, you're yeah but i was like this is out of my control now <laughs> you guys have fun yeah. i need to live my fucking life yeah. you know what i'm saying like i was i was ready for a new start in that place you know, if we, if that old Nick will always be in there. That monster inside of you is always there. Sometimes you have to nurture it a little bit, you know, like you Couple can go. cocaine here No, fuck no. <laughs> I'm talking like, okay, drinking. Drinking was obviously a huge vice for me. Numb the pain and shit. And that, my business name is No Limit. No Limit Fitness by Nick Green. Like that shit, because I, if we're going to party, I'm going to fucking party the hardest. If we're going to fight, we're going to go to the full, there's no limit to this shit. No matter what it is. And that can stem into opportunities. There's no limit to opportunities that you have in life. Stop limiting yourself. Let alone there are some people that are very content with living their life in Southeast Iowa or whatever. I don't knock that whatsoever. I love that. If you're happy, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. But it's the fucking people that talk shit about people that are trying to change their life that aren't happy with themselves that are still living in Southeast Iowa. Those are the people that ain't happy with themselves. And I don't waste my fucking time or energy on them. You know what I'm saying? But fuck, man. Like it was scary because I've never done it before. Nobody in my family really moved away, in my immediate family moved away like I had. And it was like when I quit my first job, uh, you know, my first electrical job. I don't know if you quit. I think. I think you got fired. Not well. All right. So here's the thing. <laughs> Fucking it was, I was mad at the world. I had this guy. He's, I still talk to him sometimes. He took a fucking bottle cap full of water. I was wiring up this outlet and he came up behind me and he acted like he sneezed and threw the fucking water all over me. I turned around and just fucking hit him and they kicked me off the job site and shit. And, uh, I was such a fucking angry little fuck. The owner's like, I'm going to fucking write you up. Yeah, three write-ups. He's like, I'm giving you two. I'm like, fucking put three on there, motherfucker. Like, I don't give a fuck. And I, it was dumb as shit. And I was about to turn out. Like, I was done with my schooling and shit. I was about to take my test. And I fucking quit. It's like, fuck you. I don't need this shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was just mad at the world. And so I went and joined the union side of things. And there's ups and downs to both. So don't think I'm like choosing union over non-union. There's some guys that work non-union that make a shit ton of money. And same with the union. It's all who you work for. I was just in a bad circumstance. So I quit and I started school completely fucking over. So, you know, I'm about, I'm about done now. But I say uh, a lot of people go to school for nine or 10 years. And they're like, yeah, they're called fucking doctors, not electricians, yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just I did everything the wrong way and just trying to teach people how to fucking do this shit the right way. But when I quit that job, I was scared. You know, that was a risk. Mm. And you did it. And you're like, fuck, dude, I should have done that when I was trying to do that two years ago. Moving away. It was scary. It packed up everything I had and leaving my family behind, my homies behind. It was best. It was scary, but it was the best fucking thing I ever did. It opened up a whole new door to opportunity. I would have, I I probably would have never met you if I stayed. No, I know I wouldn't have. I would have never met you Mm. if I stayed in Southeast Iowa. What it's the greatest thing that could have happened to you, you know? <laughs> Fucking right. That's, that's, that's what, what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, you know, you realize there's so many levels to this shit. Yeah. There's the people I meet now and I'm like, holy fuck, dude. Sometimes people never get that opportunity to experience that level. And it doesn't have to be like more money and more this and more that. If anything, sometimes people actually need way less. Actually, you need to start ripping things away. Instead of adding more New Year's resolutions and all these tasks and this and that, it's like, Wait, hold up. It's actually the inverse. We actually got to start taking things away because then you're going to naturally fill it in with good things. Andrew, you're going to fill it in with nothing, which I think the world needs a lot more of space, the space of genius, more white space on the calendar, 
right? That goes, ah, oh, I need to need to chill out for a second, right? Yeah. I don't need to do anything on a Friday night. I can actually just keep it open. And then I'll create, if you take negative things away, the world works this way in perfect harmony, perfect balance that you'll likely just naturally create something good mm-hmm. on a Friday evening, oh, yeah. right? And it could actually just be doing a whole lot of nothing, right? Uh, but in reality, it's it's leaving those toxic things behind. It's it's leaving those anchors, those relationships, the places you're going to, and ultimately it's in the environment. You're keeping those things behind, the anchors behind that's holding you back to go create new. And mm-hmm. it's like cutting cutting the freaking anchors around you on a boat to be able to go much faster in the right direction. And uh, I'm curious in the space that you're in in construction around a bunch of men, right? <laughs> Ripping fucking cigs and Marlboros. Man, this, yeah. Go, I'm drink, this one. Go ahead. <laughs> drinking Mountain Dews. What the fuck you doing with your long hair, Nick? Posting on yeah. Instagram about your abs. They like, how it. do you, how do you deal with that? Uh, I, I get amusement out of it. Um, you know, it, like I said, if somebody messaged me and talk shit and be like, it's out of love, man. You know, these guys, they fucking, they try to act so hard, right? Like they, they spend more energy trying to be a tough motherfucker. When in reality, they'll spend a whole fucking day talking shit like, oh, I'm a tough motherfucker. And then they get in their truck and they listen to Taylor Swift the whole way home. <laughs> like that is some real ass shit. Like these guys ain't fucking tough. I know they like that shit too because I see it firsthand. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, okay, that's cool. Stop trying yeah. to hide it. You know, these guys, they fucking, those they, men are like fucking the car, bro. Girls. My daughter is de- definitely not me. Uh, Listening to Taylor <laughs> Swift. Shit. I'll turn it up and I'll sing with her. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Taylor Swift got some bangers. But um, you know, these guys, they they just they're fucking gossip girls, man. They uh they'll see what I eat or whatever. And I remember one time I was trying to get down to single digit body fat and, and I did. And they were like, that looks healthy. Like they're always in somebody else's business. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to get down to single digit body fat. And they're like, single digit body fat, that's not healthy. I'm like, bro, what? Your, your whole life isn't healthy. Don't try to fucking guide me on what's healthy and what's not. Now, you should listen to me. I'll help you out. But They're like they, smoking a fucking Marlboro. Like, oh, God. Are you sure about that? You're like, like oh, fuck, dude. They'll fucking make fun of my hair and uh, make fun of like my chains and shit. Like, you know, if they see, they like I've they've seen me out or whatever. And I'm like, bro, that's you. Why are you worried about what I got going on? You're yeah. just just content with what the fuck you have going on. You have to, you have to get in somebody else's business. You know what I mean? Like whatever you got to do to make time pass, but it's such a front, you know what I mean? And like these guys, they, they think they work really hard. And this is like something that's dying off. People don't work hard. Like there's some old timers that are 55, 60 years old that straight get the fuck after it. And I love it. Like, man, you know, I almost want to experience a time when they were, you know, my age, because those guys probably been working hard their whole fucking life and they're just beat up, dude, like their joints back, everything hurts. But um, that's dying off. These guys, they show up to work and do the least amount of work and try to get paid the most amount of money. Nobody works for shit no more. You know what I'm saying? It's just mm-hmm. a dying effect. Because they'll just start deflecting, oh, this person, let me hit up this person and and get something from them. And oh, this person will solve my problem. I'll I'll push my problems onto this other individual and and, uh, but I would argue though, too, those, those 40, 50, 60 year old men out there grinding on the job site, but not all of them, but maybe some of them are going home and that's actually when the work starts Hell yeah! and they're actually not working that. hard there Yeah, because what got you here is not going to get you there Ooh. and they're not working smart, right? right? They're like, oh no, you know how to work hard here. It's actually easy for them to work eight 
10, 12 hour shifts doing manual labor. Mm-hmm. But it's like, ah, no, at some point the work has got to change. Yeah. You got to stop drinking the booze. You got to start showing up to your family events and being present. That's actually when the work starts for them. So have you recognized that as well in terms of like, ultimately it's them deflecting, right? Yeah. I mean, just being honest, like you didn't work that hard all day, motherfucker. You're lying to yourself. So you feel like you need to come home and kick up your feet and your wife better have dinner prepared for you and your laundry done and all that shit. Everybody has their own circumstances. So Hell I don't yeah. knock it. Make me a fucking sandwich. <laughs> but you know, fuck that. I, my wife used to do my laundry and you know, we got like into it a couple of times and the biggest fucking solution to that possible was do your own fucking laundry. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't complain. Why is Brenda looking at you right now? Yo, I'm, but I can't complain if I'm the one that fucking did it. If I don't have clean work clothes, that's on me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't expect my wife to do any of that. I do need a help sometimes though. Shit. Like I said, behind every success, successful man is a strong supportive woman. And fuck, I mean, I still, Hey, can you schedule that doctor's appointment for me real quick? <laughs> but you know, like, man, you, the work don't stop just cause you came home. Your kids need you. Your wife needs you. The, the work instills the worth and it's straight, never straightened. Just because mm. you didn't earn shit today. You need to earn your day every day. You know what I mean? And just because you did some half-assed work at your job doesn't mean the work stops when you come home. And sometimes I have to, I have to tell motherfuckers that. And they don't want to hear it, but love ain't lies. I always Let's tell you go. the truth. Let's go. What's a roadblock for you right now? Like, what are you working through right now? Because again, I think people uh, are so easy to talk about the scars, but it's really hard to talk about the current mountain that you're kind of climbing or obstacle that's in the way or wound that you're trying to you know, heal. And it doesn't have to be negative, right? It can just be like, oh, dude, I'm just in the process of like putting things in place where I don't have to work and I can just fully focus on my business. Yeah. Uh, Because you're, what, a year in coming in two years? No, 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 no. I started last June. Okay. So not even a year, not even a year. Um, And it is doing good. Everything that I've, I've, Made from the business. I keep you it. don't got too many gray hairs yet. You just, Shit. Uh, <laughs> you got it. The lighting ain't right. You got to get the light, right, the light, <laughs> the right lighting. Um, but, uh, you know, time, yeah. man, there's not enough time in the day. That's why I wake up at the time that I do. Yeah. You know, it's just the schedule right now. I'm just in that sacrifice stage. The sacrifice creates the paradise. And, uh, you know, I'm going to get there. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure my wife can stay home from work and stay with our kids and whatnot. Um, it's just not there yet. So I'm going to grind until I can get there. Cause I got all this grit, man. And I'm going to make it happen. But time is, man, you're like, I'm, I, and even my job, it's secure. Like I'm fucking running shit out there, but it takes so much of my day. You know, even driving an hour and 15 minutes one way, dude, add that up over the course of a week, a month, a year, how many, how much time I'm spending just driving there, you know, and I could be learning, I could be putting that energy into clients, into the business, into my family, whatever. Um, So time is really the biggest thing outside of that, you know, just. Which to cut you off, sorry to interrupt you on that, but like you know, let's say an hour and 15 minutes. In reality, it's an hour and a half to drive there, to drive back. That's three hours. But then you also have to do uh, certain things as far as like getting ready and then decompressing. So that's probably another hour, let's mm-hmm. say. So that's what, four hours a day we're talking now? Yeah, now you open up all, yeah. So now it's 28 hours a week. Or no, excuse me, if you're working. Yeah, I was going to say you quick with the math because I ain't. Yeah, <laughs> Let me get my calculator I, uh, out real quick. Hold up, I need to, hold on, Michael, can you help us out here? You got a degree, right? A college degree. I'm a dropout, man. (laughs) But anyways, you know, you're spending give or take 20 hours to just 
prepare for work to get there and to get back. Right. And obviously we're living in this new digital economy. Like I, I like to refer to it as where more people are becoming online and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. but there's obviously a lot of people. And, and again, this is not for everyone. Like entrepreneurship is not for everyone, you know, having a job and having like a side hustle or something that's fucking phenomenal, right? Like that's great for certain people, but really what you're recognizing, which is cool is wait, hold up. I'm actually probably spending 20, 25, 30 mm-hmm. hours a week. Holy shit. I'm almost spending a full time job just preparing to go to and from work. Yeah. So if, even if my business was doing half of what I was making at my job, then I'm getting all that time back. And then we get into the conversation, obviously not tax, financial, legal advice, but just the tax side of things of working for yourself and having specific incentives versus having a job. Like it's a whole other conversation. You do the math and go, wait, hold up. I actually can make half in my business than this job yeah. when I'm around these people and I'm way more, way more fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Or actually I don't need to pick up the overtime because people work so much, Nick, they don't ever make money. Yeah. Because they don't, they, they don't understand and value their time. They don't understand and value, uh, taxes, the biggest expense people ever have in their lifetime. It's like, yeah, you work and made more money on overtime, but you paid more to them. Yeah. You paid more taxes. Yeah, it just, right? fuck, man. So That's you got to be, page there. but yeah, man, you're just in the process, which I love. We all are, but uh, it's super cool to see like, you know, you're working, you're leveling up there. Uh, and again, you're using that to your advantage, right? Like having a job again is very good. It's how you can have, in most cases, a more streamlined process to get a car, buy a house, mm. uh, have that more safe, secure, especially with a family, right. right? Especially if you have a wife, you have a kid. Uh, and then you go, cool. Now it takes the stresses off of having to get clients where you can now be more strategic to say, no, you don't, you're not qualified. Yeah. It's gotta be a good fit. I'm qualifying you. You ain't qualifying <laughs> me, you know? And that's a fun conversation because it starts removing people uh, that come in month two, month three, they're like, ah, oh, man, I can't really pay. I got all this shit going on. Yeah. Right. And you can probably recognize that pattern. Now when you get on sales calls or qualified call disco calls, whatever you want to call it, when they want your help, it's like, Hey, I can give you some free resources. I can take the call. I'm not yeah. better than you. I'm not trying to act that way. It's just, I'm actually going to do you an injustice. And most importantly, do myself and my family an injustice by allowing you to pay me. Cause one, you may not even pay the full fucking invoice. Mm-hmm. And then you're not even going to do the work. So you need to, right? So. Yeah. There's definitely certain expectations that I set from the beginning. Like mm-hmm. I tell people, um, I ask them all, this is hard. Is this something you think you can do? And they have to say yes. Or, you know, it's like, hey, thanks for your time, but this isn't going to work out. You know, if they're, uh, it's just, you know, you're not intentional, which is no, like, hey, I get it. That's why we do this, you know, pre-call before we sign you up and all this other shit. We have to be intentional about wanting to do it. And uh, what a lot of people need in their life is accountability. I don't fucking miss. I don't. You fucking get on Instagram. You see me fucking waking up. I'm posting some quote. I'm riding like in my car to the gym. And, you know, there'll be days that, you know, like, like, okay, uh, this morning we went a little later. I'm fucking different time zone and shit. So it fucked me up a little bit. We just got so deep into talking. So obviously I wasn't up at two 30 this morning. I'm never going to lie about the fucking two 30 every day. Nah, come on, man. You know, some days you need those sloth days to relax, but, um, you know, telling these people from the beginning, you have to get that vibe to see if they really are going to be a good fit for the program or not. And most people come fired up 
ready to change their fucking life. Month one, month two, and then something happens. Life picks up, work picks up, whatever it is, and they fall off and they're ghosts to me. Now, my commitment to them is <laughs> the accountability. You know, I can give you the nutrition. I can give you the training. The accountability is a big part that people need in their life. Mm-hmm. We don't have an educa- We don't have an education issue. We have an application issue. You can go find all this shit somewhere else, but you won't fucking apply it. So here I am giving you the blueprint. And if you don't show up, I'm poking you in the side of the fucking head to make sure you got up, did your fucking workout and ate your fucking food. And if not, I'm texting you, I'm messaging you on my training app and these people fucking ghost me. And I'm like, bro, I will always show up for you if you show up for yourself. I want this for you, but you have to want this for you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it's, some, it's not for everybody. I get that. But man, come on, come into my container and be positive. Create that positive mental attitude and become the best version of yourself. I'm still healing. You're healing. Everybody's healing. But let's do it together. People like to be a part of something. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you just figure that out from the beginning if they're going to be a good fit for your program or not. And not everybody is. And I, and the thing is, I don't need the sale. Like, I'm never going to take your money if you're not ready. You know what I'm saying? It just wouldn't be right on my part and it wouldn't be right on your part. You have to be ready mentally, physically, in every aspect. You have to be. Have you seen uh, other members like connect with each other as well? That's another yes. aspect that I love about uh, getting into communities and coaches, mentors, and even, you know, clients that I have and have coached over the years is, is, uh, the ability to connect them, right. The ability to create an environment where it's like, Jim doesn't even know he's about to meet John. Yeah. Right. Like if I were to quote unquote, try to sell him on that, right. They're coming to us with pain. Right. So like mm-hmm. when you're trying to close a client in reality, it's like, Hey, let's identify what their pain points are mm-hmm. and or what they think their pain points are. Here's a solution to that. And, or maybe there's not right. Cause when it comes to sales, you're saying the wrong things or talking to the wrong people. So if you're talking to the right person saying the right things, but in reality, you know, ah, they actually need this. They just don't even know it yet. That's usually how life works. Yeah. Well, I want, I want to get back into endurance running. Well, what I really needed was my Achilles to be torn and it's a different race and a different endurance race, right? It's similar with clients. That's the point I'm getting at. It's like, Ooh, Jim thinks he needs a nutrition plan. He actually needs to meet John. Yeah. Cause they live in the same city and they can hang out. They can work out together. He actually just needs a fucking friend. That's dope. You say that. Um, Cause I watch a lot of the all for nothing podcast and I just watched Robbie Niels, man. Shout out Robbie. Uh, I messaged him and I'm like, dude, crazy story. Uh, you know, come from a fucked up situation and I like what you got going on. Just made that connection. I was, you didn't even fucking know about it. Yeah. Uh, just creating that connection, being surrounded by like-minded people. So in my community, I tell them like, Hey, you're going to come in here. You're going to be positive. You're going to hype each other up. Like people like to be a part of that. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, and it's, you know, I fall off too. I'm not fucking perfect. And then I wake up. You just said you don't miss, bro. I don't fucking miss. You see me there. No, I'm just saying like mentally, you know, whatever. We all miss, right? Fuck. We all miss. And that's that's the reality. But how do we, how do we miss less often? And or if we miss better yet, when we miss, what's that? system of accountability to make sure we don't miss twice. Michael Jordan don't fucking miss two free throws back to back. He misses one. He don't miss twice. Yeah. I mean, you got to be honest with yourself. So like, you know, I fall off sometimes too. And my clients are the ones that fucking, they give me back. Right. Or even the fact that I come on, I see my wife and kid there. That's my purpose right there. I'm like, fuck. So my homie just had a bachelor party in Phoenix. I don't know if you've ever been downtown Phoenix. So that shit can get fucking wild. It was a great time. 
But, you know, sometimes like you just figure out like, man, I don't want to be in the VIP section at the club no more. Mm -hmm. I don't care to do that. I want to be at home, get my sleep so you can wake up and be on purpose. Your purpose. What is your purpose? My purpose is my wife and daughter and myself. First mm -hmm. and foremost, personal development always comes into play. You have to get in alignment with yourself. But when I go, come back from trips like that, sometimes it's just so low frequency because I wasn't on my purpose. And sometimes my clients are the ones that give me back. I love it, dude. We're a community, a positive community. And so, yeah, like I say, I don't miss because I'm always up. I'm fucking getting after it. But there are some times when I miss, like just because I went to the gym doesn't mean I went to the gym, yeah. right? Like I was half-assing some shit there. And I wake up and I see client win, client win, client win. I'm like, I fucking love that dude. Like I said, bringing that people in and just instilling that confidence back in them is the greatest fucking feeling ever. And we're all winning now. We're all winning over here. People who talk the most shit they want, we're winning. <laughs> we're making it happen. And then when one person falls off, we're all right here to build them up. When I fall off, they're all here to build me up. Mm. You know, I was even nervous to come here. My wife just, she built me up, mm. right? Just do what you do, man. You talk to everybody. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> this is what you do. Yeah, and that's, and that's the truth, right? Like it's hard to, because I get nervous every single show, right? And we're our biggest critic and uh, those that come out and do things that make them feel uncomfortable. Ultimately, the reason why you can go do it because you're like, no, I actually live this. I actually do this. I actually know my intention, right? And, and to come back to what you said, right, is being intentional. That's my word for 2024 Ooh. is intention. What's the intention of today? What's the intention of the podcast? What's the intention of this next phone call? What's the intention of this person texting me? What's the intention of ensuring that I'm not doing this all for nothing, right? Because when you come back to your intention, that's when you go, hold up. I'm doing this all for nothing because I'm not living by intention, mm -hmm. right? We try to add all these things to our list. In reality, you need to take some things out, right? Take things yeah. out. Oh, I forgot you said that earlier. And I love that because people come in, they're like, I want to lose weight. Do I need to add 30 minutes of cardio? Do I need to add this? Do I need to? No, you need to start taking things out. Like you said, you need to stop fucking eating them little Debbie snacks every morning. You need to stop going through Starbucks or Dutch Brothers and getting that muffin with your fucking extra large coffee. There's habits. Habits are why people are not where they want to be taking things out before you even get into that. Right. You come into my program. The first there's a preseason. You have to, uh, you know, develop your habits in alignment. If you want to be through a fat loss phase, but you can't stick to your fucking meal plan for two weeks, you will not have a successful fat loss phase. You have to be in alignment. So just getting, can I see, if, can you be consistent in the gym for a month, two months? Can you be consistent with this meal plan for two months? Whatever. It, it, person dependent, right? And what is the goal at hand? But if you can't get in alignment with yourself and stay on purpose, you're not going to stay on purpose when it comes to losing weight, gaining weight, et cetera. Like you have to figure all that out first. Bro, that was good shit, man. I had a fucking blast Dude, hanging with yes. you. I Thank appreciate you so you, much. Uh, it's truly a blessing. You have fun? Man, yeah, I was nervous as hell at first, and now Feel I'm good? good. Yeah, we'll have to run it back again because you know I'm going to come back with some fucking energy. That's some go. new shit. Let's go, man. I, I appreciate it, dude. It's, it's, uh, I'm just super grateful. I'm just super grateful. Like, even coming back to what you said about reaching out to another guest, uh, that you guys could resonate, you guys could relate. Uh, that's what it's all about. Like, that's what strokes my ego is knowing that I'm building a platform that's bigger than me, where obviously I got some things to say, but I know a lot of cool people like you that have a lot of cool things to say. They have a lot of things to get off their chest, right? That's on yes. their heart. They got a lot of things that's in their mind. And and uh, that's what it's all about. Everyone has a crazy story in some way, depending on how you perceive it. 
And uh, everyone out there, I, I truly believe, uh, can inspire somebody else. So I'm grateful for the platform. Uh, I love doing this. It forces me to continue to level up, forces me to continue to have fun in the journey. It forces me to uh, also be patient, forces me to be patient in the process. But when it's all said and done, it forces me to make sure I'm not doing it all for nothing. Mm, you know yes. how it goes, Nick. Uh, anything else you want to share us with, brother? Um, you know, the goal today, like I said, I appreciate you having me. Um, the goal today was to be as vulnerable as possible. I've never told my full story. And sometimes that's the best thing you can do. Um, you know, I can reach somebody that's experienced something similar, if not worse. Like I said, like you said, everybody has a story. And just because mine was fucked up doesn't mean that there's somebody else out there that hasn't had it even worse. Um, so, you know, that was my whole goal is if there was some little kid that went through hard times and he resonated with my story, that was the whole goal today. And definitely want to offer that anybody that watches the All For Nothing podcast, DM me on any social platform and you definitely get a discounted rate uh, for the coaching program. But DM me All For Nothing. You have to watch the podcast because sports got to go around. You have to give in order to receive. It's like therapeutic, right? Like being yeah, able, right. uh, going on stages, and when people fear public speaking more than they do death, when it's you sharing your story, putting content out there, going on a podcast show, I believe it's very, very, very therapeutic. I have a TED talk every fucking day uh, in my kitchen and living room with my girl. And it's like therapeutic, right? And seasons of life, sometimes you just got to get that energy out. You got to yes, share sir. things. You got to talk through things. So again, that's why I love the podcast as well. And I think that's why a lot of people have that pent up energy. Because they haven't shared their story. They haven't went out and talked to somebody at dinner mm -hmm. and said, dude, I'm fucking going through this right now. Or I went through this. There's some things that you shared. You're like, yo, I've never shared this before. But you feel lighter, right? A hundred percent. You got to you gotta let it out. I'm not too hard for myself. And I don't need to carry that shit in no more. Uh, you know, my woman seen me cry multiple times. You got to let that shit out. I'm not too hard to admit that. Little bitch. You know, <laughs> you better wise than fighting words. <laughs> just jump over. No, but um, I've learned nothing. You know, grow just growing and always on the go. The greatest thing that I figured out for myself is to not do anything at all. Sometimes just sit there and mm -hmm. put your phone down, put the laptop down. No external stimulus. Just fucking sit there, gather yourself mm. in silence, and so letting it out. This was a. Therapy session, damn yeah. near, man. <laughs> but I appreciate you for having me, brother, for real. We'll have to run it back again. Oh, we will. We absolutely will. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Hit up, Nick. Thanks, bro. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Peace.